morning, Australia. This is Blake and Lawson and Shell for the breakfast show on Faith FM. It's finally Friday, as they say in some places of the world. Hmm. But uh, I'm actually sad because it's the last day of the week. Uh, because I love doing Faith FM every morning as well, too. I do, too. Do bro. you know what I also love? What do you like? Coming into work and finding a plate of grapes that are shaped in my name. The only problem is the B is lowercase. So I'm yeah. a little disappointed that you mm. are not capitalizing your grapes. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, still impressed. I don't know. It could say, like, die. Or I'm going to kill you. Well, yeah, I'm glad it doesn't. That's pretty It's scary. obviously, <laughs> it was written by a producer shell because that's the kind of the stuff I'd be putting on there. Oh, okay. Well, please never ever write me messages. It'd, it'd be like grapes. an intimidation. Shell, thank you so much for just writing my name. It'd be like an intimidation tactic. Like, also, I'm if you have a good therapist, job. text us at 0491064669 for Lawson. Clearly, he needs some help. Uh, what are you thankful for? <laughs> good help. Good help. <laughs> good help. You know, I am. I am thankful Man, I am thankful. I've been a part of the Festival of Faith this week at Avondale College, and Whole festival. We've just been doing all kinds of things, but it's been a it's been a huge blessing. But particularly last night. Sorry, what if we made Festival of Faith FM? I'm excited. Wow! Well, like we just did like a whole like do everything the same like the outdoor markets, but here every morning. Yeah. At at. 7 a.m. Yeah, absolutely. No. Live. We're going at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Yeah, live. Don't forget that. Guys, markets here. It, you know, I'm just going to camp out and live at the studio. It's the only safe way. That's that's, that's the only way. It's only one solution. Yeah. I'm going to sleep right here on the floor. Oh, that's where I was going to stay. Oh, okay. Well, now it's not going to work. All right. Okay, never mind. All right, go home. <laughs> what, <are you? laughs> what, am I, what am I grateful for? Yeah. But well, you said good help already. Yeah, good help. Festival of faith. But faith festival of faith. Yeah, uh, grapes. I guess. Coming up on Faith FM after the meeting with Xi Jinping, Putin, and the situation that that has created, we're closer to the Cold War than we ever have been for about four decades. It's pretty crazy. Almost four decades. Three and a half decades. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You want to get breakfast? I it? actually kind of do. Oh, dude, we should go. Dude, we should get some pancakes, bro. Is there pancakes around here? Yeah, vegan Let's go. ones. Because we don't serve pancakes on The Breakfast Show. No. But you know what we do serve? The Word of God. And quiz clues. And quiz clues. Right Which now. Which are about the word of God. Yeah. Double entendre. And we've got quiz clues that are um, building up and amounting to a quiz that is going to be drawn at 8.45 today. So, guys, this is your last opportunity to get in for the quiz. Here we go. Who am I? Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? This person said that. Whoa. Whoa. That's a... Very like emo thing. That's, That's like real... a super intense thing to say. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond. Let to me that. read that again. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? You know what's so crazy? Mm. The Bible is wild. Uh-huh. You know, like this is where like some of the stories in the Bible are just like you read parts of Judges and you just go, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on? Yeah, here? Judges. Judges gets dark. Judges like there. you can make it through Judges, and then you get to the last couple of chapters, and it's like this is this is the evidence of the curse of sin. Oh, 
it, it's a wild ride over there in Judges. And also in Kings, too, some of the stuff that Jezebel does. Yeah. Oh, she nasty. Yeah. She nasty. Absolutely. I think you read that, and I think, man, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, or Manasseh. He's a bad dude. He is a terrible well, guy. He became a good dude. Right in the end there. Right, the, right there. And so maybe if you're a bad dude <laughs> and you're listening to Faith FM, maybe this is the day that you turn it around. Absolutely. Like, you know, you know what? I've been a Manasseh for too long. I've been a Jezebel for quite a while. No, no longer. Guess How about what? become an Esther? Guess How about what? become Manasseh at the end? Two people got the quiz correct. Already? Off rip. 500 points. Shout out Bruce and Liz, as well as Freco as well. Just nailed it, just like that. And Janelle, but off rip, they are just getting it correct. I don't even know. I don't know the answer to this. I'm actually Dude. feeling out of the loop. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And you will go into the draw for Snake Bites and Shipwrecks, our amazing prize. Hmm. Okay. Very very good. So what? Uh, what's some good news here? Some good news. Yeah. The lion's den has been set up. What? And a single man is entering it. This Are we going Daniel chapter 5 here? Well, it's specifically a guy named Shao Zhe Chu, who okay. is... I'm not even going to attempt that, yeah, but I'm glad that you said he it. He is... <laughs> let's call him Shao from now on. Shao Shao. Shao. Okay. Uh, Shao is the CEO of TikTok here in the U.S., I saw a video of this guy basically saying he doesn't let his kids use TikTok. Yes. And I was just like, if the guy, why are we letting other kids use TikTok? If the guy who runs TikTok goes, ah, no, 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 we're not going to be doing that with our kids. Because anyway. he's smart. <laughs> and he's going to need to be pretty smart because he is going before Congress over the next week. And, you know, they've done this before with CEOs of big tech companies, whether it's Elon Musk. There was a famous, famous uh, grilling of... Jack from Twitter. Jack from Twitter, as well as Mark Zuckerberg, where all the memes, memes come from, that he was a robot, you know, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, but potentially, the the biggest issue with TikTok, the it, the leg that... The biggest issue, I think every part is, of is TikTok every t- is but, but hear me out. The leg that Facebook has to stand on in front of legislators like that, even though it's a company that deeply you know, is involved in harvesting the privacy of people, the leg that it has to stand on is that Facebook is an American company. TikTok is partly owned by the CCP. Or mostly. Mostly owned by the (laughs) CCP. And so because of that, as a company that is based in China, obviously they have an American base like TikTok USA, um, but their parent company, ByteDance, as a company that's based in China, can request um, information at any time. That's a part of Chinese law. And so, like, any information. And the information that is on TikTok has a pretty robust profile of a person, their their profile, the lo- their location, and even some biometrics as well. well- so, so it knows about you. Well, no, it's 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 actually more crazy than that, Lawson. Like if you if you read, okay, I know that when we go on social media, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know about you, but most people don't read all the fine print. They mm-hmm. just go click, 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 accept, accept, accept. Yay! You can do whatever you want. Boom! I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on TikTok. Whatever. The problem with TikTok is 
the permissions that you give to TikTok mm. are unprecedented. There are no other social media company that have the permissions that TikTok has. TikTok has access to your microphone, has access to your contact details, has act it has access to your entire phone essentially and can run it and use it at any time. It literally says this in the guidelines as well too. I, I actually don't have TikTok because of that reason. You know, I mean I like social media. It's fun. It's a it's a cool thing. But man, I, I had TikTok for a little while and I was like, dude, this is wild. Like it, they just have too much they have too much information, too much control mm. over my phone and over my personal information and data. And and there's actually some cool things on TikTok. I, I, I don't know if you've seen, but TikTok has some really cool tutorials on different mm. things. Like I've watched some stuff. I was like, oh, this is actually useful. But it doesn't matter, man. Yep. Like it, it's not a – it's definitely not safe for kids yeah. for sure. 100%, yeah. But I even think, you know, for even adult listeners, like they can essentially use – your phone is spot as like fully yeah. spyware is what it is used for. One hundred percent because it, TikTok is just successfully blazing the trail that has already been walked by every other social media company. And so, as much as we can say TikTok is bad for children or whatever, then you'd have to ban every social media. Right, right, right. One hundred percent. No, but the, the specific thing that TikTok is going to be grilled over is privacy. Now. Sure. Shao should respond by you know a number of a number a number of arguments he'll make. You know, 150 users in America will lose out on the platform. Um, he'll probably push back on the fact that ByteDance is Chinese owned. He'll argue that Chinese law cannot compel ByteDance to share American data. You know, because its data is stored in the U.S. Um, but again, we just simply don't know the inner workings of that kind of arrangement and deal between the CCP and ByteDance. And because of that, that is why American regulators and senators are scared. And so... I think rightly so. Here's the crazy thing. Senator's kid has TikTok on their phone. Senator's driving to the Pentagon or wherever they're going, mm -hmm. Congress or whatever. The whole conversation is available legally to TikTok mm -hmm. as of now. It's not even like that's not a possibility. It's a reality. Mm. That's crazy. Thing. Well, I remember there was... When the Mark Zuckerberg hearing happened and a question was asked to him by a senator, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg, would you be comfortable sharing with us what hotel you stayed in last night? And Mark Zuckerberg looks at back at them and says, um, no, I wouldn't. And then the senator responds like, well, this is what this is all about. It's a, it's a, it's a question of privacy. And if TikTok can know everything, then people are worried and in fear for their lives and their livelihood. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson in his Avondale University hat and Festival of Faith. I'm just, jumper. I'm just merched out, bro. You're, you are merched to the nines. That's right, as uh, the cool kids say. You know what they say: <laughs> drip or drown. Oh. That's Rizzy. Yeah. Uh, we're just, we need to stop. We we're need just to throw in some life. random words yeah. out there. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's cool to see the Festival of Faith. It was really fun. I, the night that I went there to go check it out, uh, uh, it was yeah. it was great. Actually, the outdoor markets and everything that was happening. I was super glad that you seen came Ray Moaga. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And you. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I see you every morning, but we won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we'll just keep that on the down low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but give us a quiz clue. Another clue for the quiz. Here we go. This is the one that when I read, I would get the name 100% of the time. I'm very familiar with this. Peter said, I didn't ascend to heaven. Peter said, I did not ascend to heaven. Okay. So Peter said about this individual, yeah. you didn't ascend to heaven, or he did not, or she, or whoever. Whoever, yeah. yeah. They did not ascend They to did heaven. not ascend to heaven. Okay, okay. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Snake Bites and Shipwrecks, the board game, which comes along with the free promise that we will come to your house and play with you. I hope someone takes us up on this promise. I'm ready. Well, we want to, but it's just the people who win are from like central Queensland and well, South Australia. Up. That's kind of crazy. Let's not let's not put that on them. <sighs> fine, fine. This time, mm. but uh, if they're anywhere nearby, I think Canberra are closer. Mm. We should do it. We should. I'm down. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. All right, Lawson. The world's crazy. Have you ever heard of the word Novorossiya? Um, no. Okay, so I let's, speak. let's look back. What happened in 2008? Uh, in 2008... Wrong. Russia invaded Georgia. Oh. What happened in 2014? The annex of Crimea. Yeah. If, if that, you know... If that's what we're Ukraine thing. Yeah. Okay, what about 2015? Um, ooh, let's see. 2015, I Different conflict, was... but Syria... Oh, okay, okay, yep. So, essentially, there has been a little kind of push by Putin over and over and over just to see, huh, how is the world going to respond? How are how are people going to respond to a full-scale invasion, which started a year ago in 2022? Uh, and, and this Novorossiya, I believe I'm saying it right, I hope so, uh, is... Essentially, a Russian-speaking empire along the Black Sea coast. This is actually the vision that Putin has. I didn't. I didn't know this, mm. but Putin basically wants along the Black Sea coast a Russian-speaking empire wow. all, all the way across. That's his plan for doing that. Now, there has been a kind of a standoff between Russia and the United States for years. Like, mm. I mean, we had the Cold War. We had a whole bunch of different things going on. And China has sort of been watching this whole thing and trying to figure out, hmm, what side of this conflict do we want to be on, right? Uh, and there's a guy from, his name is Sir Sergei Ryabkov. Sergei Ryabkov, okay? Mm-hmm. I hope I said that right. Uh, he recently said in a conference, I wouldn't want to dive into a discussion about whether the likelihood of a nuclear conflict is high today, but... It is higher than anything we have had in the past few decades. And this has happened because the Chinese have taken a gamble uh, because there has been an influential theorist in China, Hu Wei is his name. He actually argued at the time of the Russian invasion that Beijing should really truly consider siding with the West against Moscow to put itself on the, quote, right side of history in a future competition for influence with America. But he was ignored. Instead, Xi Jinping, he made the calculated decision for China to say, look, there's two possible outcomes here. One, 
Russia has a complete victory in Ukraine, which will then embolden its historic rival for Asian supremacy. So he's like, look, this is Xi Jinping thinking. If Russia wins in this battle and we side with the United States, then we have an enemy on our border, mm. right? And they're going to focus more on Asian uh, mm. like rivalry and supremacy. Or much more dangerous is Russia then defeat is defeated and a collapse, which then leads at worst to chaos on its own borders and at best to an emboldened America turning all its strategic firepower to containing China. Mm. So Xi Jinping, he thinks to himself, hey, no matter what happens here, we're going to side with Russia. Because if they lose, it's better for us. If they win, it's better for us. Oof. And it's an interesting thought. This is something that has been said by U.S. politicians and uh, the the Orange Man. Uh, you may remember him. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> the Orange Man. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so the Orange Man basically said he was like, Donald Trump this is who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he basically was saying like, hey, the like we have to be careful of basically bringing together China and uh, Russia on a global scale because this is going to be the most dangerous situation mm. for Western the Western powers, including you know the United States. Now, when we talk about the U.S. on Faith FM here in Australia, I think it's important because whether we like it or not. And I know some people are like, why are we talking about these Yankees? You know, like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we have to realize that, hey, whether you like it or not, Australia is like the, the brother of like the little brother of America. Yeah. We are connected in historic battles, warfare, uh, you know, the Pacific. We're kind of on opposite ends of the mm. Pacific, you know, from California to uh Coffs Harbor. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we have that connection with the Pacific mm. Ocean. It's a very interesting time in Earth's history because we we have never been closer to an actual, very real nuclear conflict since back in the day when they were doing like nuclear conflict lockdown training in schools, mm. like all around the world, right? So here's my thought. Lawson, with all of this happening, as a Christian, where do you think we should be at with all of this? I'm actually, I'm just looking at a picture of a map right now. Okay. Um, of basically Russia and China. Because what I do know is that the United States has been trying to do a lot of diplomacy within the, within the stands, as I call them, you know, whether it's uh, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, um, not Afghanistan. Well, but China is in Afghanistan now. That's right. But it's been trying to do diplomacy because I think America has foreseen, like, okay, Russia and China, you know, that the only thing between them, well, at, in some parts, is nothing. They border each other. Then on in other areas, you've got Mongolia, like Inner Mongolia, which is definitely on the side of China. And then you've got like the stance, which it's like, this is the only place where a wedge could be potentially driven um, in a, in a locational sense. And then you look also on the South, whether it's Hong Kong and Taiwan and the push there for those guys to but side also, with the West. But also don't forget India has basically signed a, a energy treaty deal with China and Russia. That's right. The three of them are now, uh, essentially, I, I don't know if they're 
warfare allies, but they're definitely economic and political allies. That's right. And so I'm looking at a situation in which, okay, you've got a, a somewhat of a superpower forming here between Russia, China, India. But I think ultimately these political movings and shakings are something that could make you particularly nervous about the future of this world. But the question was, well, Lawson, as a, as a Christian, that's a, that's a question. How do you feel about this? Because we're arriving upon the precipice of a situation that is, if war takes place, it's almost uncontrollable. You know, we, we, we live in an era in which we've never lived in before. And that's the era of mutually assured destruction where the whole earth will go. If, if a single person presses a button to send over a nuclear bomb, the world's going down. And to me... At least all the major cities. That's right. To me, that definitely looks like um, an offer, uh, a, a circumstance in which Jesus would come back. True. What, what cannot happen is these people take away your ability to make a choice for Jesus. No matter how much they pressure you, no matter, you know, even if it came down to a personal situation and a scenario. And so I feel as though while this is taking place, yes, we can talk about legislation, we can talk about all these maneuverings between political parties, but what we can really do is find ways to share the gospel into these areas and to call, you know, the, the call at the end of time is to call people out of Babylon. That's the that's the commission that we've been giving, call people out of Babylon. And, man, I see a lot of confusion happening in these countries, Babylon being a name that represents com- confusion in the Bible. And so we definitely have lots of people to, to reach out to. I would also say, too, that now that we can see, from a, even a, from a secular perspective, the world on the precipice of a war unlike any war that has ever happened before, mm. we have an opportunity to share with our neighbors the truth about Jesus mm. in a way that was previously unavailable. If you look back historically at 9-11, when the terrorist attack happened in America, there was a spiritual revival that happened as well too, and mm. an opportunity to share the word of God like never before. Mm. In the same way, unfortunately, conflict leads to opportunity for sharing the gospel. And it's not something we want to happen whatsoever because it's going to be terrible and it's going to be awful. But this is the time. If you've ever thought about, maybe I should share with my neighbor. Maybe I should talk to uh, my friend at work or my colleague or someone at uh, my school. This is the time. People can see the world is in a place that it has never been before. This is your opportunity to be bold and say, you know what? I need to go out there and tell people about Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Good morning on The Breakfast Show. We are right here this morning with some beautiful grapes. That These are really delicious grapes. I don't know who brought them in, but I'm very, very pumped about them. I do feel bad because they were in the shape of my name when yeah. I arrived, and now... You started taking those things out. Now, now it's just like, like it looks more like Balake now. Not just Blake. So things have changed. So I uh, appreciate that producer shell for just delicately placing these grapes in the shape of my name. I'm actually impressed. I'm not even angry. I'm more impressed. Uh, Lawson, you know what else would impress me? Another clue? Yes! I oh, This clue is tricky. 
Okay. This clue is tricky. This is going to mess with your brain in terms of time periods. But here we go. I was afraid of God because he killed Uzzah for touching the Ark of God. Oh. But this is very, very, this is a tricky clue. This is very subversive. I think I know this one now. 0491 is the number to call or text. If you know the answer to that one, and if you do, you will go into the draw for Snake Bites and Shipwrecks. The board game will give it to you for free. Free. That's right. You just have to win the draw, which is coming up at 845. Not and long now. To get into the draw, you just have to answer questions correct. You can do this. We believe in you. Absolutely. Also, I want to I want to believe in some really cool stuff. Uh, and that's why we have John Ashton on the phone with us here this morning. John, how's it going? Yeah, it's well, thanks, uh, Black. I yeah. am. I'm excited to talk. I've, I heard we're going to talk about some creation science, and it's actually one of my secret favorite topics. I love to talk about uh, the creation, how creation and science kind of, kind of comes together. And if I'm not mistaken, we're going to talk about some birthdays, but the birthdays of the Earth might not be as many as some people think. Yes, I was um, just at a, a social event recently, and uh, we were talking about um, uh, some of the issues are being discussed in the community at the moment with regard to, for example, Indigenous land rights and talking about how um, the, uh, you know, it's generally widely accepted now the Indigenous cultures have been here for the past 65,000 years. And, and this, of course, um, is vastly different to the historical dates that we find in the Bible. So, for example, we have the flood um, about four and a half thousand years ago, the global flood, um, a record there, and then uh, creation of uh, about 1,500 uh, years before that, so giving a total age of about 6,000. So how do we reconcile that? And this person asked me, and they said, well, look, as a scientist, how old? Do you believe the uh, the Earth is and and life on Earth is? Great and question. I, yeah, yeah, it is. And um, I said, well, look, I'm um, you know comfortable with the um, the biblical view of around six thousand years at the at the present time, and and the reason uh, for this is that we need to recognise that scientists actually don't know in terms of knowing, and it's very important to uh, uh, define this term knowing. They don't actually know how old the the Earth is. Now, I know a number of people say, oh, no, would just about write me off at the present time. But we need to understand that these dating methods that are bandied around have never actually been validated for prehistorical dates. In other words, we don't have enough independent uh, methods of uh, measuring time in the past that we can actually check. So, for example, for many years um, I worked as a chief chemist uh, in a laboratory that had National Association of Testing Authorities accreditation. And so that meant that the analyses that came out of these this laboratory were legally binding. And one of the things that we did 
was we had what were called standard reference materials that we used to validate our methods of analysis. In other words, these were uh, samples in which the composition was very accurately known. Uh, they may have been uh, artificially formulated, for example, and people weighed out the contents, uh, mixed them and sent them to us. And we had to analyse these and get the correct answer within a certain tolerance. And that validated the method that we were using for analysis. Now, all these dating methods rely on uh, methods of analysis and we actually, and, and calculations, and they all rely on assumptions. And these assumptions have not necessarily been proved for the conditions in the time range. So, for example, how we get the 65,000 year ages for the um, indigenous occupation is based on a method called optically stimulated luminescence where we measure the, uh, and this is used to date, for example, sand and silica and these sort of materials. And so they may find some sort of um, uh, uh, rock implement, um, you know, some sort of... Uh, uh, primitive implement, and they said, oh, this is a very primitive tool. Uh, it was buried in the sand, and so we date the, the sand. And the how the method works, of course, is that it, it can measure the um, the age at which that sand was last exposed to bright sunlight. And so... Uh, and if it's been buried, um, and and so they estimate back the time that that was exposed to bright sunlight. But this method is based on yeah a, a large number of, of uh, assumptions um, that again are unproven, and it hasn't actually been calibrated for that age. And where we run into a number of problems is let me give a, give an example. Um, a few years ago, um, a sample of lava was uh, discovered or found in, um, in in Queensland there that had trapped in it, it uh, timber. A particular Australian timber was trapped in the in the lava. So when we dated the lava, the lava was dated at something like forty eight million years mm -hmm. by the potassium argon method. But when we carbon dated the timber that trapped in the argon, it dated as only 37,000 years. Now, again, we need to remember that when we date the soft tissue of dinosaurs, we only get 25, 30,000 years. And so, again, if we compare this method, this would put the age of the dinosaurs in the same range. Um, as this, uh, as the claimed age of the earth here. Now, this is where when we look at these dating methods, we can also, for example, take uh, a particular a rock. Another classic example that was again analysed here in Australia by one of our top universities, the Australian National University School of Geo, um, Geosciences, um, back around 2000. They radiometrically dated a lava flow from Mount Noahoe in New Zealand that erupted in 1948. I've heard about and, this. Yes, and depending on the method they used, they got ages ranging from 130 uh, million years up to about uh, 3 billion years 
I think, was the other. But, For we, the same know, rock. but we know that it erupted in 1948. That's right, and at the time those rocks were fifty years old. So this is one of the this is one of the issues. And what's happened is that these long ages have been bandied around for so long without accurate without accurately being confirmed um, that they've just been imprinted in people's minds as being correct. And even the academy itself, even you know, the scientists themselves have, have adopted these ages without really seriously questioning and saying, look, um, we, we can carbon-14 date coal and all the samples that I know that were carbon-14 dated um, gave ranges in, again, ranging from, you know, 25 to 40,000 years. Um, and yet this coal would be dated 70 million to 300 million Years. And so we've got the, a major problem with this, this, this dating method. And there are so many other things that contradict with it. For example, the erosion rates of the continents. And we, if we go to a geography papers and we look at the measurements of erosion rates and we analyze that data, we would see that the continents would have eroded away in less than 10 million years and yet they're dated at several billion years in age. So we've got this, when we come to dating, we have these major problems. Now, other things that we have is that if if we have a population here, for example, in the in Europe, the Nathanderals are, are supposed to have been, been wandering around right. for, say, 100,000 years, um, those people were relatively advanced. We've seen their art. They generally buried people with artefacts of jewellery and this sort of thing. Um, and we've found a few thousand of these graves, but really there would have been billions of people uh, buried over that time. Um, and um, because they estimate, you know, if you look at the estimates, of, uh, there were in the order of 10 to, you know, a million people living at least at that time, then over all that period of time um, and, uh, you know, as population growth and this sort of thing, we should there should be a lot more bodies. So if we look at so many aspects of this, it just doesn't add up. If we go to actual historical records, though, that were kept and chronologies that were kept in the different civilizations around the world, they all fit with the biblical timeline. I want to go and back. Is, I want to go back really quick to the carbon fourteen thing that you were talking about. I have I, now. I could be wrong because I'm not a scientist, but I have really studied in this because I wasn't always a Christian. I didn't always believe uh, when I came into the church. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. I want to know more about uh, this science thing and, and more about creation. I, I'm I'm nervous about the biblical model, but from my understanding is. Carbon has what they call a half-life, and then as carbon uh, decomposes or degenerates, or I don't know even the right word to use there, it, it, the half-life of the carbon is how they date things uh, with the carbon model. But the problem with that is essentially the, I guess, the attrition rate of coal, or, or not coal, but carbon, it would essentially be impossible for anything to have carbon over 50,000 years. Now, am I wrong about that? 
Yeah, it's, well, the, the figure's just a little bit higher than that. It would be 100,000 years. There Got wouldn't it. be any detectable uh, carbon. But one of the things that we have to realise again, and, and I've talked about the dates of 25,000, 40,000 years, and people say, well, that's still longer than the biblical 6,000 years. What we need to understand with carbon dating is that, again, we need to know what the starting point was. Right, that's And the true. starting point that uh, is assumed actually is still based on the level of carbon in the atmosphere um, uh, from memory around about the early 1950s. And we know since then there has been um, a bit of a rise in, in carbon, in uh, the carbon level in the atmosphere has gone up a little bit since then. So, but what we, the carbon-14 level at that particular time and in the past depends on the cosmic ray flux from the sun. And we don't know what that is in the past, but the cosmic ray flux is moderated by the Earth's magnetic field. And the stronger the Earth's magnetic field, the less cosmic rays reach the Earth, and hence the smaller amount of carbon-14 there is to start with. Wow. Now, we know that the... Oh, yes, it is. It's very interesting. Now, we know that the Earth's magnetic field has been declining. We've measured that very accurately over the past 150 years, and we know over the past 150 years it's declined 10%. So Which we know the starting the, point of carbon. Like it would, well, that, that, well, that's right. And so in the past, the magnetic... Sorry, John, we just, we lost you right there. Are you still with us? Can you hear us? No, sorry, I'll, I'll move uh, outside. I'm in a low microwave area here, unfortunately. Uh, well, fortunately for me, but unfortunately for mobile phones. Yeah. Um, the, <clears throat> so in the, we know that the Earth's magnetic field has been declining uh, over the, uh, and we've measured this, an exponential decline. It's declined about 10% over the past 150 years, so it would have been much stronger in the past. A much stronger Earth's magnetic field means that much lower impact of cosmic rays reaching the Earth, which means a smaller amount of carbon-14 would form in the atmosphere, which artificially gives us then older ages. So that extends what we measure if we interpret it we would get a much older age than what we would expect. And that exactly fits with the biblical model because we know the coal was laid down, these massive coal deposits were laid down during the flood and we're dating, as I said, twenty-five to 40,000 years. But if we estimate what it would be on the basis of a lower carbon-14 in the past, it brings these values back down to about four or 5,000 years. So again... It act, the carbon-14 data actually fits the biblical account. Yeah. And this is a fascinating thing that works, and this is perhaps the most reliable one because we've measured carbon-14 and we have an absolute value. So, and, and this has been checked by uh, non, uh, you know, by uh, uh, secular universities, for example, University of California, uh, they measured the carbon when all this work was coming out. They thought, well, we'll test diamonds because, you know, diamonds are believed to have formed when the continents are formed several billion years ago. They they found carbon-14 was in diamonds as which, well. Exactly, and which was, would mean it's impossible to be millions of years old by their exactly, own yeah. 
by their own standards. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely impossible. John, I I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. We've run out of time here today, but man, I'm really interested in this. I hope that we can get you back on here because I love talking about uh, science and creation and how the two meet together. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.